We said. You can't spell the press box without S E C. Let me guess. Mike wrote this. Now it makes sense. Spelling's not our forte, but the SEC is here inside the press box. Thank you very much and welcome to a War Eagle Wednesday edition of the show. August 10th it is, episode 403, the uh, third of week number 81. Mike Grace joined by Brad Law, the Auburn Sports Network. Mike Moe of the Southern Miss Golden Eagle Sports Network. And we get to talk a little SEC Auburn style as Zach Blackerby, host of the Locked on Auburn podcast, joins us. Zach, great to have you with us, my friend. Uh, Brian Harson uh, led to believe that uh, the quarterback job was maybe Zach uh, Calzada's to lose. Uh, at this point in fall camp with a scrimmage, the first of the uh, fall camp coming up Saturday, you think it's still a lock for Zach, uh, Zach Calzada to be the starter for the Tigers? So th- this morning's Locked on Auburn already drew some um, a lot of pushback mm-hmm. from the Auburn fan base. Because, and Brad's laughing. He probably saw the title of it or maybe he listened already. But the I whole up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, TJ Finley uh, getting a ton of reps as the starter in these 20-minute media windows that we're able to see. And then the twos, it was a rotation back and forth between Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford. And so, I mean, anytime I've seen somebody be exclusively with the ones – and the other folks that are quote unquote in the quarterback battle rotate with the twos. That's pretty telling. So uh, I think you got to ask the question and you asked it, Mike. I mean, is, <laughs> is it a lock for Zach Calzada now? And it's like, if you look at just what we're seeing in practice in these granted, it is 20 minutes. It's 20 minutes of a practice. Um, TJ Finley's taking the most, uh, TJ Finley's taking the most reps right now. Uh, how much do you expect that to, to change, Zach, or do you expect it to change after the first scrimmage Saturday? I do expect it to change because I, I still believe Zach Calzada will be the starter. But you know, you only get so many reps. You only get so many reps throughout fall camp. And so I understand you want to simulate competition. And also, I think you need to make sure that more than one quarterback is ready. I don't know if that was necessarily the approach. Last year, I think the coaching staff did what they could, but I think there were some kind of attitude situations going on there once somebody was kind of taken out of the the, the spotlight there. So we'll see. They need everybody to be ready uh, just because you don't want to run into what you did last year. And so if the coaching staff has to handle things a little bit differently, I get it. Um, but I think after this first scrimmage, which Brian Harson said earlier in the offseason that he wanted to narrow it down after the first scrimmage, I think that'll drop it to two. I think that'll put Robbie Ashford probably out of the race. That's my prediction, but I still don't think we know this time a week from now. Zach, I don't know that you have to know at this time uh, a week from now, but and I would think in the first game, maybe two games, you'll see more than one quarterback taking snaps. The question is, will they be meaningful snaps? You would think Auburn would be able to handle Mercer without any trouble. San Jose State's supposed to be pretty good from the Mountain West. But still, this is at home. You should win the game. Talk to me about what they're thinking about doing. And do you think this will be a battle that goes beyond, say, practice into week one, week two? Let's see what they do on the field in a real game. Yeah, I I hope not. I hope not. And really, because I think there's enough evidence to what these guys look like in games. I mean, TJ Finley, when you look at you know his few games last year and his games at LSU the year prior, like, we've pretty much got a full season of starting experience for TJ Finley. And you can say that the same for Zach Calzada, obviously with what he did with A&M last year. And obviously you can develop, obviously systems will be different and things like that. And you can grow as a quarterback, but I think we've got a general rule of what these two guys 
look like? Um, if it does go into the season, I think that would be a really big bummer for the development of this offense. And I think a little unfair to the receivers and the quarterback uh, or the offensive line and the running backs and, and just the rest of the offense. I, th- I think you need a leader in there. And I think you need to establish that as early as possible. Like I said a second ago, all of these reps are so important and you can only get so many of them before you start playing other teams and games really, really matter. I do think you're going to see multiple quarterbacks in Mercer and Penn State or Mercer and um, San Jose State leading up to Penn State because Auburn should be up by several touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I, I don't think it does any good from a messaging standpoint, both to the team and to the fan base to have quarterbacks rotating in and out during relevant snaps. I, I just don't think that's Brian Harson's style. Zach Blackerby is with us. The locked on Auburn podcast. Um, you tweeted yesterday, Camden Brown is a natural wide receiver. Explain what that means to you and, uh, and, and why it's important that uh, Auburn has a new freshman natural wide receiver. Sure. Yeah, he's massive. Camden Brown is a big, big dude, but he understands how to just go up and get the football. And Auburn really hasn't had that since Sammy Coates. Okay. Not even Seth Williams. I don't think his 50-50 numbers were that good, actually. Okay. I think that's the only way he was really able to generate a lot of yardage, but I, I don't know. I don't think Seth Williams is as great, but we can definitely lump him in there for sure. But regardless, like, I, I think, you know, over the last three or four years, Auburn's had a hard time helping their wide receivers generate separation and generate space. And with questions about the quarterback situation, having a guy like Camden Brown – who seems to be really good and have a knack for going up and like high pointing the football and getting it at its highest point. Um, I think that helps. I think that helps a quarterback quarterbacks want as many of those guys as possible. And the other guy that really kind of has a similar size, Zevion Capers hasn't really added that to his repertoire quite yet. And also Camden Brown is like, he moves really well. And for this to be a guy that hasn't been playing college football long at all, like he wasn't here for spring. He, he was, you know, he was not an early enrollee. And the fact that he was practicing with the newcomers for the first day and then kind of graduated to the veteran practice the following day, I think that tells you what this coaching staff thinks of him. And so um, natural in the sense of I think he does a lot of these things that these other wide receivers have been trying to develop, and he's able to do it day one. Zach, I was going to stay with the wide receivers. Talk a little bit about the impact that you have seen, if any, from Mike Hilliard being there. He was a great receiver at Florida, had a really good career in the NFL. What has he meant to this Auburn coaching staff in terms of getting some guys to play that position more effectively? Sure. Well, first off, he went out and got two guys in the portal, Zalen Warsham, which I don't think we'll hear from this year, but I think he's a good depth piece. And then Coy Moore, who I think is going to lead Auburn receiving this year. And so obviously if you go out and get a potential number one wide receiver for this offense, that's a big deal, an absolutely huge deal. And then also, you know, on the recruiting trail, he got, you know, the, the top wide receiver by most scouting um, scouting platforms uh, in the state of Alabama, Carmelo English, the, the central Phoenix city wide receiver, local kid, very, very good, very, very talented kid. So that's awesome from a player acquisition standpoint. And then, You just look at the confidence in the wide receivers. And look, this is a position group that really, you know, I don't know if they really have the right to be confident just because they haven't done anything. 
quite yet. I think they all have a ton of ability, but they just haven't pulled it all together yet. It seems like you're getting it seems like you're getting more out of this group in these limited windows. There's actually excitement about the wide receiver position, and we haven't seen that at Auburn in a long time. I guess there was some energy with Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz. They were both in there, but it wasn't as deep as it is now. And like on my show this morning, we listed six or seven pass catchers that you feel confident in going into the season. I don't think Auburn's ever had that. And I think Ike Killiard and just kind of the trust that he's going to develop these guys um, is a big part of that. Zach, earlier this week, you had a discussion about uh, how we're talking about breakout players, but we're only able to talk about breakout players when you have some established guys that are coming back. And I think the closer we get to the season, the, the more emphasis we need to place on just what a big deal it was for guys like Derek Hall and Colby Wooden and, you know, those guys defensively to come back and, and Owen Papo, the fact that they're available for Auburn this season when they very well could have been in, in a training camp somewhere, I, I think really can't be overstated at this point. There's so much energy, Brad, about, you know, Jason Jones, a defensive tackle from Oregon. There's so much excitement about Jeffrey Embaugh, you know, the, the top rated Juco player in this class. There's so much excitement about Ekuliota. There's so much excitement about, Cam Riley, but all of those guys you're able to be excited about because they're next to Colby Wooden or Owen Papo. And I understand just the, the knack and the desire to look at the, you know, the new shiny thing in the room. And that's just part of, you know, human nature. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the, the, the lack of attention to Colby Wooden is fascinating. Like he is the best player on this team. And he was one of the best interior pass rushers in all of college football. And so there's so much excitement about Derek Hall and Ekuliota and Dylan Brooks. And hey, there's even some excitement developing for Marcus Bragg, the the edge transfer from Western Kentucky. And like those guys, I think you're going to have a really, really, really good season. But it's a lot of that has to do with because offenses are more concerned about Colby Wooden pushing the pocket from from the inside. And that, that's a big deal. And that, that's tough to defend. And so all offseason, we've talked about the tandem, the pass rushing tandem of Derek Hall and Ekuliota, which will be good on third downs. But on most downs, they're not going to be on the field at the same time. I don't think the tandem we're actually talking about or need to be talking about is Derek Hall and Colby Wooden. And those are the guys that are going to be starting every game. They're going to be on, on the field together in first and second down, as well as some third down situations. And so there's just a lot to like about Colby Wooden and, you're right, though, Brad. I mean, these guys that are potentially breakout stars this year, it's because these guys came back and they're going to be the focal point of opposing offenses. Visiting with Zach Blackaby of the Locked On Auburn podcast. Zach, I don't think defensively Auburn was that bad last year at all. I looked at some of the games that they played in, and it wasn't the defense that hurt them so much. It was the offense and lack of productivity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do what you did against Alabama last year, forcing a guy like a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback to do all come back in the game's final minutes just to force overtime. That was a great performance defensively, and those games were there. Now, the Mississippi State game, I think you throw out. What do you see this year? They will improve. But if they can get some productivity from the offense, that's going to help them play better, right? 
Yeah, no question. No question. And, and I think you can even say that with the Mississippi State thing. I mean, the, the pass rush disappeared. And so what did Auburn do? They went out and got more edge guys. And they really focused on developing more guys behind Derek Hall and Ekuliota. And that's what this league is slowly turning into. You may not see it for LSU and Arkansas and Georgia, but as long as you play Alabama and Ole Miss and Mississippi State every year, like you're going to have to need a pass rush to win in the SEC West. It's just part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously it, th- those guys, you know, they ran out of gas and cause they were driving the whole time <laughs> and they, they get, you know, these two minute pit stops because the offense was consistently going three and out. And so that's the goal for this team is to develop more of a running game. So you can run it on first down a little bit more effectively, but it seems like every time Auburn ran it on first down, it was second and eight and nobody wants that because then you have to pass it on second down or you're looking at a third and five or a third and six. And once again, nobody wants that. So yeah, they're having to change a lot on offense. It sounds like they're changing their terminology, um, which I would think is moving away from Mike Bobo style of offense to Brian Harson style of offense, which I think probably should have been the way it was from the get go. But uh, I kind of, you kind of got to think outside forces had something to do with that. And then, you know, you got to change the quarterback approach. Bo Nix is very different than the three guys that are fighting for this quarterback job now. And I think for some of that, that's good. And I think for some of that, that's unfortunate. Um, But they've got to be able to run the football. They've got to be able to use their best offensive player. Thank Bigsby. And you could argue that Jarquez Hunter may be their second best offensive player just because he's so talented and uh, has so much burst. You got to figure out how to use both of those guys. And I think you're going to see more passes to them. I think you're going to see more early handoffs to them. You got to get both those guys involved. That's going to open everything up. He's Zach Blackerby, Locked on Auburn podcast and the publisher of SI's The Auburn Daily. You can find him on Twitter at Z Blackerby, Z Blackerby, at Locked on Network and at SI underscore Auburn, at SI underscore Auburn. We've been led to believe in the recruiting front, uh, Zach, that it's uh, quality over quantity. Um, that may sound like an excuse, but there's some evidence to, to, to back that up, is there not? I think so. I think so. And I think the current makeup of what you will use to assemble a class moving forward is going to change. I mean, I think we're still in the mindset of like, all right, you sign 25 guys and that's who you that's who you get. Um, Auburn is in an interesting spot because they are going to lose their entire offensive line pretty much after this season. They're going to lose Tank Bixby. They are going to lose two or three wide receivers. They are going to lose pretty much their entire defensive line. They're going to lose Owen Papo and some DBs as well. Like they have a ton. They will have a ton of holes to fill this offseason. And the answer to filling that is not with freshmen. It's with the transfer portal for guys that you don't already have. And some of those positions, I think there's depth there, but for all, they're, they're certainly not for all of them. So they've got to figure that out. And I think they do that through the transfer portal. And so does that mean you only take 15 freshmen and then you get 10 transfers? Like that seems reasonable when you look at it as far as like how badly they need immediately help going into 2023. And so when you look at it with that perspective and it's like, okay, well they've got six guys that they really, really like, and they're probably going to get a local kid, um, JC Hart um, later this week. And so all of a sudden it's like, you've got seven guys that you feel really, really good about. And look, with the size of Auburn's class, Sports Illustrated, which, which as you mentioned, that, that's who I write for for Auburn coverage, they unveiled their preseason SI-99. It's the top 99 players in all of high school football. And Auburn has two of their six. A third of their class is on the SI-99, which I think is a good sign of the, uh, the quality there. And SI ranks things differently than 247 
and, and the like uh, on three, all of them, they, uh, they handle it differently. They do it more about college fit than NFL fit, which I think is more relevant to, to what the people following recruiting care about. And so Jeremiah Cobb and Ashley Williams, running back Jeremiah Cobb from Montgomery, and then Ashley Williams, uh, an edge defender that, that is very, very talented. He could start as a freshman. Both of those guys finding their way on the SI-99, I just think that proves that the, the quality is there. And I don't think they need much more quantity when it's all said and done. You need offensive tackles for the future, but this is all about Brian Harson holding on. He doesn't magically get off the hot seat if he goes 7-5 or 8-4 this year. And so that's going to continue to be a battle, and he's got to find ways to continue to win now. And I think that's more for the transfer portal than it is for recruiting. A couple of more minutes to spend with Zach Blackery. Uh, Zach, let me ask you this. The Penn State game, you really can't do as much with recruiting as you can, you know, before practice starts. Mm-hmm. The Penn State game seems to be one of those where you're going to have a lot of folks on campus to watch that game live. Sure. That's an opportunity along, I think, with the LSU game if you win the Penn State game as well. So does that help? That's part one of my question. And number two, Brian Harson's second year, if he goes nine and three somehow, does yeah. that get people away from his job security? And let's start talking about the future and how you can build this program and on and on. I think so. And I think it also depends on who you beat. If, you, if one of those nine can somehow be Alabama or Georgia, I, I think people definitely listen to what you have to say. And I think nine and three is possible with this team. I think the way the schedule lines up and it's brutal. There's a lot of tough schedules. You know, the, USA Today coaches poll came out and Auburn plays five of the initial top 25s. And that's assuming, you know, uh, Penn State's not on there when they play a few weeks into the season. But um, it's going to be brutal. But not, I think nine and three would answer a lot of things because winning fixes everything. They won't care about who starts at quarterback. They won't care about recruiting rankings. As long as you win, everything will take care of itself. And so nine and three would definitely check a lot of those boxes for sure. As far as Penn State and, and the importance of that game, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And I think, you know, if Auburn wins in Penn State last year, I think the the team just develops differently. These big non-conference matchups early in the season are absolutely massive. I mean, think back even to like 2012, Auburn's worst season in recent memory. And they took a pretty good Clemson team down to the wire. And I, I just think if Auburn finds a way to win that game, that the team just develops differently over the course of the season. And so this is just a, a, another version of, of that because then all of a sudden in the back of your mind you're like oh if they can't beat penn state how are they going to beat lsu and then if they can't beat lsu gosh how are they going to go on the road to oxford and beat Ole miss you know it's just there's so many different mental battles that you have to do and not that this team isn't going to be mentally tough i think they'll be fine there but you just want to have to overcome as little as possible so yeah that penn state game is massive zach blackerby locked on auburn podcast also publisher of si's the auburn daily and again college channel manager for the locked on podcast network i don't care who your team is they've got you covered whether it's uh again you take your pick just check them out again locked on network on twitter and uh, and find the right podcast for you zach thanks so much for the time man be good and we'll talk again as we uh work our way towards kickoff my friend Awesome. Thanks, guys. You bet. Zach Blackerby again. Find him on Twitter at Z Blackerby and at SI underscore Auburn uh, for his work on the Auburn Daily. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at PressBoxRadio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the press box.